we welcome you to the preaching service of the Scots Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister, and we're so pleased that you have chosen to share with us. This morning, I'm going to speak on the thoughts of how to survive your doubts. And uh, I'm sure that probably all of you have heard when you think about the message of the resurrected Christ, that the words when they came to the tomb, he is not here, he is risen. Uh, there have been all kinds of theories, and I'm sure many of you have heard those theories over the years about uh, as they tried to explain away the, the resurrected Christ. But this morning we're going to be talking about how to survive your doubts. Friends, if we are honest with ourselves, we are a lot more like Thomas than we want to admit. And that's the individual we're going to be talking about this morning. And Thomas gives us some important lessons about what it means to have faith. And so I want to ask a, a couple of questions here on the front end of the message. And these questions are as follows. Have you ever felt like you missed something big that everyone else seemed to know? Have you ever felt like you were not spiritual enough because of your past failures? Have you ever felt like you could really believe even in Jesus if you could just catch a glimpse of him? If you have ever felt this or anything like this, you would be in good company with Thomas. I want to read our scriptures this morning now from the Gospel of John, the uh, 20th chapter, verses uh, 24 through 29. And these are teachings about the apostle, about Thomas. Let's listen, if you will. Now, Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And through the doors were locked, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And so we know that uh, this was a very significant time in the life of Thomas. And uh, a lot of times uh, uh, it's kind of hard to understand altogether. But there were a number of things going on, and we'll talk about that as we go along in our message. That um, we know, let's seek to find out a little bit about Thomas. In the 21st chapter of John, in verse 2, we understand that Thomas was likely a fisherman. Thomas may have been a fisherman by trade. John includes Thomas with several other disciples who joined Peter fishing all night. And this uh, was no casual fishing trip, but rather it was a means of trade and income. In other words, it was work. 
And it also makes sense that Thomas could have been a fisherman because many of the early followers of Jesus came from the area of the Sea of Galilee. And so fishing would have been a major source of work in that area. So not only was Thomas likely a fisherman, but also from reading in Luke, the sixth chapter, verses 13 through 16, we can easily see that Thomas was a devout or was a follower of Christ. Thomas was a disciple of Jesus from the earliest days of Jesus' public ministry. We know this because it was one of the qualities used to replace Judas as an apostle in the book of Acts. And Thomas had made a choice to follow Christ. He had invested his life in the life of Christ and is seeking more and more and wanting more and more of Jesus. And then also we notice that he, uh, Thomas was an apostle. That also reading from that same scripture in the sixth chapter, verses 16, 13 through 16, uh, Thomas was chosen by Jesus to be one of the 12 leaders within the larger body of disciples. Thomas had become one of the core leaders and spent a great time, deal of time with Christ. And also we notice in John 11, 16, and, uh, that Thomas was loyal and was committed. And uh, so uh, these are things that are part of uh, his, his life and how he was living it. And Jesus was facing increasing hostility from the religious leaders. And as he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, there was a great concern that there might be an attempt to kill Christ. When you look at the words Thomas uses when he talks with the other disciples, he says, let us also go that we may die with him. These, and certainly these do not sound like the words of a skeptic. And also fifthly, we notice from John 14, 5, that Thomas had become confused. As Jesus was preparing the disciples for his coming death and resurrection, he told them that he was going to prepare a place for them and that they would know the way to where they were going. And Thomas very clearly shows that he does not always understand what Jesus was teaching them. Look at what he says. Lord, uh, we do not know where you're going. And he said, so how can we know the way? So Thomas, if Thomas was such a loyal follower of Jesus, we have to ask ourselves what in the world happened to Thomas? What caused him to get into a line of thinking that uh, was very, very regrettable? What happened to him? How did he go from follower to a major or famous skeptic? Well, first of all, I want us to note that uh, Thomas was in a downward spiral. Thomas had deserted Jesus on the night, uh, listen to this, that Jesus was arrested. All of the apostles ran and deserted him. Thomas was no exception. He ran and Jesus died. Now can you imagine, now listen to this, he was one of the 12 apostles and a follower and all the things we have previously mentioned. And can you imagine the kinds of emotion that Thomas was experiencing? He was afraid. He was confused. He was ashamed. He was dismayed. He was distressed. 
Thomas had followed Jesus for years and years, and now it came crashing down around him. And so we see that because of this, that the desertion of Thomas led to delay. Thomas uh, does not go back to be with the other apostles right away. Uh, we don't know where Thomas was, what he was doing, or why he stayed. For whatever reason, Thomas did not go back with the others. And the result is this, that Thomas loses out on the fellowship of the apostles, and he does not see Jesus on that first Easter. Also, we notice that the delay led to denial. When uh, Thomas uh, does not return to the apostles, he hears that Jesus was raised from the dead, and Jesus appeared. Uh, Jesus appeared to them. And the greatest thing with something, I listen closely to this, is that the greatest event in all of history, and Thomas had missed it. Jesus was alive, and Jesus knew that Thomas had deserted the fellowship. Thomas doesn't know what has taken place, how any of this took place, if Jesus will appear again or anything uh, else about the resurrection. All he knows is that he missed it. What a terrible, terrible thing to have shared in. Thomas begins to deny the testimony of the apostles because it was easier than facing the truth about himself. And then the next thing this led to was the denial led to a demand. And this is where we read, and we read in the scriptures a few moments ago uh, from John, uh, the uh, 20th chapter, that uh, uh, this denial leads to a man, and Thomas denies the testimony of the apostles, and this leads him to demand proof. And we've read these words many a time. Thomas tells the others that he will not believe until he gets to see Jesus for himself. Then he goes a step further, and he says he wants to touch Jesus. He said, unless I can put my hands where the nails were and where the spear was, and to Jesus' side, I would, you know, well, not, but I would, I would believe if I could see that. And so Tom, Thomas was quickly caught in a dangerous downward spiral. The fact is that he was slipping quickly, and no one but Jesus could get him, get him out of the, of the problem. And also we notice not only was Thomas going in a spiraling direction, going in a, a regretful direction, but Thomas was given a, a specific demonstration. We notice as we study all the scriptures in this, about this particular individual, this particular apostle, is that a week goes by and there was no appearance of Jesus and we have no idea what Thomas was thinking but it could not have been a good week for him. Thomas was left to his lack of focus, and just when Thomas may have been ready to give up hope and seeing, Jesus then finally appears. And we notice that when Jesus appears, he greets the entire group and turns his attention on Thomas. And at this point, Thomas has to be thinking, here it comes, Jesus is going to tell me how horrid and how rotten I am. Jesus knew the heart of Thomas, 
because he offers exactly what he was asking for and Jesus gives him the proof he needed. It is so important that we understand that uh, uh, to note that Jesus was not offended or angered by the request that Thomas had made. Unless I can see, going back, if you will, to the scriptures, unless I can see the nail prints, unless I can see his sight. And so Jesus responds with love and kindness. You know, uh, one of the many things that we need to say here is that, of course, we know that Jesus is our friend of all friends, that he is the one who is the giver of every good and every perfect gift. We know that he cared so much that he died for you and me, and we need to make sure that these words do not become trite and, you know, that they just become too common. We know that he died a death like none other has died. He was buried and that he rose again. And uh, and all of these things we can say about our loving Christ plus many, many more. But Jesus then begins to speak to Thomas about the real issue and, and cuts right to the chase. Jesus tells Thomas to stop doubting and believe. And friend, I, I don't know where you are in in your walk with Christ or in your walk in life, but I know there's probably no question about it that there are millions and millions of people as they read about what took place before Jesus went to the cross and then even after he went to the cross and died, buried and rose again, that they still have much, much trouble and doubt really uh, what uh, uh, what really did happen. I know a number of years ago, my first cousin and we grew up together on the farm in Shelby County. And I would call, he lived out in Arizona. And I would try every Christmas to call him and talk to him. And and uh, we were very close. He was a first cousin. And, uh, and we were talking and somehow or another we got talking about Christ and the Bible. And uh, he said to me, he said, Otis, I, I no longer I believe it. He said, I just, he said, I admire you and what you're doing and what you've done through the years, what you've done through the annals of time. But he said, I just no longer believe it. And I'm certain that a part of the reason that he had reached that conclusion, had come to that conclusion, because he had doubts. And you know, friends, it's so tragic, especially when we deal uh, with Jesus Christ, the, the person who has spoken as no other has spoken, the person who has loved as no other has loved, the person who is a friend of all friends, the person who is just an absolutely uh, one of the most beautiful persons in all the world. And, and when people have not studied, have not given the Bible a chance, needless to say, there have been so many, many thoughts about the death of Christ, his burial, his resurrection, trying to explain it away, and none of them holds water. And so what we need to see that uh, Jesus tells Thomas, to stop doubting and believing. 
it may be that you're listening to this podcast and and maybe I hope that's not the case that you're in the bracket that uh, uh, where that uh, you uh, uh, at one time uh, believed with all of your heart in the scriptures and believed in Christ and had faith in Christ and for one reason or another maybe you can identify or you do identify with Thomas and that uh, you have gotten a place in your walk in life and in your walk with Christ that uh, that you doubted uh, his uh, uh, death and doubted the fact that he conquered the grave and so Jesus tells Thomas as I said to stop doubting and believe what does it mean to doubt well there are two definitions for doubt the first means to be double-minded or to have a lack of focus or commitment and then secondly it means to have no faith at all friends you know the Bible does not attempt to prove God from the very beginning uh, it uh, takes into consideration or takes into thought that uh, we have faith in what we're reading and that uh, it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and you go all through the the first chapter of the book of Genesis and and you read about all of the creative acts and so it, it, it uh, assumes uh, that uh, we have faith in the Holy Bible and and we need to read and, and understand that the Bible uh, certainly can withstand anything that you might throw at it now once you grab a hold of that that's a very very important thing that the devil uh, does everything he can to cause doubt like for instance you go back to the temptation of Adam and Eve and one of the things that uh, Adam and Eve were confronted with uh, with the serpent and was that he sought to place doubt in their minds he said did God really say that did God really say that and before we many times go on and commit a sin and our sins uh, we first have to deal with doubt and uh, this was what was happening in the life of Thomas and Jesus was willing I was was telling Thomas that was moving toward a faithless life when we get to that place where we have no faith in him you know I want to share with you people that one of the greatest truths of the Bible is that Jesus did die it was buried and he rose again and you see if he did not conquer the grave as the Bible tells us we are a people who are, are most miserable there was prophecy after prophecy after prophecy Isaiah spoke hundreds and hundreds of years about the one who would be come and and die for the sins of the world all kinds of prophecies and they have been fulfilled literally to the nth degree and there is more than enough reason when you're fair and with the Bible and you have faith which is an integral part is uh, have more than enough reason to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead that Jesus was crucified he died buried and the tomb was empty it was seen by as we read in the Holy Scriptures after his resurrection by as many as 500 people who saw him recognized him can 500 people be that uh, uh, misled absolutely not and the apostles were changed needless to say in radical ways because Jesus had conquered the grave you see a doubt is not negative until it leads you to choose not to believe 
And that's exactly what was happening uh, with Thomas. And uh, and Thomas, they, uh, like we f- would feel comfortable in saying that, Thomas, you are acting with no faith. And so we would say, stop that and believe. You know, there's a beautiful song, and I'm sure you've heard it, and it's a song entitled, Only Believe, Only Believe. And and friends, if, if we are not willing to place faith in God's word and and in the teachings of that word, uh, we're going to find ourselves in many a miserable situation. Everything hinges on the fact that Jesus did conquer the grave. He is not here. He is risen. And in John 11, it tells us that Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He that believeth in me, he shall live and live for all eternity. The only way to survive your doubts is to believe. Now, we don't believe everything that comes our way, needless to say, but if uh, I think often about the book that was written, and maybe some of you have heard of it, maybe some of you read it by Josh McDowell, and it was a book entitled uh, that uh, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And what Josh McDowell had sought to do was to disprove the Bible. This to, I'm sure, a part of that disapproval was going to be also disapprove uh, the death, burial, and resurrection, all of that. And he was going to seek to disprove that. And needless to say, as he did, now listen to me carefully, a very thorough, intelligent study of God's word, very deep study, he came to the absolute conclusion that the Bible is God's word, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It's words we will hide in our heart that we might not sin against God. And not only did he write the book, Evidence the Man's a Verdict, but then he wrote the second book, Evidence That Demands the Verdict. Let me ask you, friends, do you understand that believing means to put your complete trust in something or someone? To believe in Jesus means to depend totally on Jesus and place your trust in him. 100 percent thomas gave a dynamic declaration we continue to study what happened in this context in john and so forth and thomas falls before jesus and proclaims that he is lord and god thomas goes from demanding evidence to listen to me to declaring truth thomas says that Jesus is the Lord of all things, the God of all creation. This, listen brothers and sisters, this is one of the greatest statements of faith in the entire New Testament. And Thomas made a personal declaration of trust in Jesus Christ. Let's ask all of us as we're getting ready, Easter Sunday, just uh, two Sundays away, where are you in that process Have you made your declaration of Jesus being your Lord and your God? I know that uh, so many preachers will be pouring out their hearts because they know that Christ is the answer. And and I appreciate what uh, uh, David DeWitt had to say, a preacher of the gospel. He had to say that Jesus tells Thomas that he believed because he saw and was convinced. 
maybe you have not been caught in a downward spiral or I beg your pardon maybe you have been caught in a downward spiral and, and things have been slipping in your spiritual life maybe you have never made the claim to put your trust in Christ maybe you're just not maybe you're just waiting for the chance to see some proof well friends Jesus is with us now by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit he is in this podcast I have no question he is in this podcast and and he is here and he is right here amongst us as we're talking and sharing and he is here waiting for you to turn your lack of focus and faith to proclaim him as your Lord and as your God I do not know what it is that you need this morning but Jesus does Jesus knew, and I'm sure that this greatly uh, uh, distressed Christ, uh, the way that Thomas had responded and the doubts he had. But Jesus knew his heart, and I, I can't help but feel too when the when the particular confrontation was held and, and Jesus showed up in the mess that uh, uh, that Jesus knew what he was going to do and he was going to show kindness to Thomas. He wasn't going to be angered and he wasn't going to respond maybe the way that Thomas thought he would respond. And so just as he knew what Thomas needed, listen to me now, needed us so long ago, listen to me. He knows today, whether you're sitting down, whether you're walking about, whether you're listening to this podcast, uh, maybe riding in a car, any number of settings, he knows today what you need, and he is waiting to meet that need. Friends, I hope and pray that you give Christ a chance in your life. I have never in all my years in the ministry had anybody to come to me and say, Otis, I'm sorry that I gave my life to Christ. But I've had many, many people, and I don't want to be cocky by saying this, but they said, I am so happy, Brother Otis, that you encouraged me to study the Word and to see amongst many things that are involved in making a decision to follow Christ, that it was the most intelligent decision I ever made, and it is. And so I encourage you, if you have never given your life to Christ, that you study the scriptures, that you seek out a minister of the gospel. You can call me at my home, 859-236-4907. I'll be more than happy to help you to understand what it means to become a child of God and have the hope of eternal life. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And I pray I'm talking to people today, sharing with people. Every one of them, I hope, has committed his or her life to Christ. I pray, Lord, that we will realize this life is so short and that one of the greatest decisions we'll ever make in life is giving our hearts and our lives to him. In his name we pray. Amen.